1: Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla.
0: That's the big voice guy, Jacob Padilla, live in the flesh, freshly fixed. How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling. I'm feeling all, uh, well. L- little worried here that the way things are trending heading into uh, the, the fall sports, but right now I'm all right.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's it's hard not to um, have a little anxiety. Yeah, right. It's uh, you feel it coming. You hear talks. You hear rumblings. Um, We've got practice here at 345 uh, at Omaha West Side. And the first, our coach is very diligent with the practice schedule. And for the first 11 minutes, it's COVID protocol and procedure. Now, a week ago during the coaches and parents meeting, he kind of exhaled and he said, you know, it feels good not to – have you know 45 minutes of the the practice or the parents meeting be about covid protocol because it's different than a year ago right without the mandates and the precautions now he said we'll still have the water stations the same and individual coolers and things like that how to do the locker room but we felt like we were kind of moving in the right direction and I mean, would you have guessed a, a, a week later the numbers would be worse okay. in Douglas County than they were a year ago when OPS didn't even play? <laughs> yeah, that is the worrisome part.
1: And um, obviously the CDC direction's changing. A uh, lot, lot of mass showing back up again, which that's perfectly... Whatever we got to do to keep it from getting back to where it was. I'm with and, you. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. But uh, it, yeah, it's it it's not great um but i mean people we didn't really learn our lesson unfortunately and hopefully we won't pay too much for it
0: yeah is that what do you think it you think that's what it is i'm trying not to use the d word or the v word unless i'm talking about flights yeah. um i some people prefer southwest <laughs> some people like united <laughs> i try not to use the d word too much here especially as of late cuz um, it appears to be ever-changing, but do you just think we just were irresponsible? I think a lot of it is uh, people rushed to get back to normal before we were
1: at the point where we could do it safely. Um, so we didn't... And that... You're not going to use it. You didn't want to use it, but the, the vaccine hesitancy, <laughs> Hesitancy. I mean, that the combination of that made it tough to get to where we needed to get to for this to go away. And, I mean, I... I'm obviously not uh, a doctor. I don't know the the all the details of everything, but we didn't really get to the the, the, the vaccination level, the immunity level, to where um, this thing couldn't mutate and keep keep growing and changing and getting worse. So um, now we're having to deal with the the variant, and that raises the level that we have to get to for it to um, kind of be. be yeah, uh, close to normal, back to safety.
0: Yeah, so OPS will vote tonight, Monday night, um, or at least make a recommendation. West Side West already, already, go- already there, going yeah. mass K through 6th, uh, which was not received. I mean, it was, it was a difficult situation. Their superintendent, Dr. Lucas, um, very, I guess I would say he's very good with social media. Um and shared a couple of the responses, both pros and cons, right? Kind of in a no-win situation. I think Millard and Bellevue will be pending. Uh, Lincoln, uh, we'll see what they do. They've got their hands full with the Garth Brooks concert here coming up. It's interesting because without talking about opinions on what you should or should not do, and I and we more than can have that conversation, are you surprised? Prize that people refer to death and mortality rates as the line in the sand, not really um because I, I kind of am I'm like, why so extreme? Schools can't afford to have sicknesses on their hands, yeah,
1: well, I think a lot of people grab onto the part that helps their argument,
0: Uh, maybe so that's, that's a lot of what it is they're
1: focusing on uh that and obviously that's the most extreme outcome of this Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) there are a lot of other outcomes and um and originally a lot of the people i think that were uh fighting against it weren't necessarily in the most vulnerable um age brackets and now we're starting to get more people um that aren't elderly aren't just immunocompromised um uh, getting sick
0: they're really sick, and um, some younger people are dying. When you look at what's happening with with the football season, fall sports in general coming up, do you have a, a feel? We've seen some sports pull it off. I couldn't. I still can't believe we had a state basketball finals mm-hmm. a year ago. Yeah. Uh, um, it was tricky to navigate. We somehow pulled off football, uh, despite OPS. Um, not playing, which was which was a very difficult deal, and yeah. we'll get to them in a second as they get ready to go today uh, for their first time returning to play in a year, which has to be <laughs> has to be kind of yeah. comforting at least for the time being. Are you surprised, or what do you expect with having contingency plans based on what the NSA has to do scheduling? It appears that it's going to get a little more difficult to navigate here in the next couple of weeks, and it will easier. Like, how are you kind of predicting that may shake out?
1: Hopefully, the they were able to learn from last year, and like you said, we did make it all the way through. There are a lot, a lot of stoppages, a lot, a lot of hiccups throughout, um, but we did manage to make it through. We crowned state champions uh, in every class. Um, they. Adjusted on the fly, whether it be scheduling or locations obviously with the the state tournament moving to campus sites um so obviously they've got plans i I'm not in any of those meetings I don't know what they're planning on, but I think um trying to do everything they can to make sure that this season can happen, especially after last year with the ops being out i I don't think we're headed towards that um in terms of any one well, area, that would be, that
0: would be devastating. Yeah, I,
1: I don't think we're going to do that again, where one part shuts it down. It's all. I think it's probably going to be more. We're going to keep going until, unless it's too dangerous to do it at all, and then um, I think it'll be kind of a group decision or whatever there. But and hopefully that, just having more teams uh, available, will, will help a little bit too in terms of getting games played. Because um, that that was one of the tough things about last year is just the limited number of games. Uh, with teams falling off the schedule and with cancellations uh, obviously you had the gaps in the schedule some were able to replace them, some weren't. Um, so hopefully um, hopefully people hopefully the people around these these schools, um, th- these kids, these athletes are doing everything doing their part to make sure that um, they're safe and that they're able to go through with this season
0: yeah it's interesting would you rather be uh would you rather be the NSA and have to deal with the fall sports where the majority are outside or try to pull it off with smaller numbers like they did with winter sports and be inside
1: yeah that that is the trade off um and actually doing a little bit of both too uh with volleyball um that's indoor smaller but indoor as well obviously last year we saw kind of masks for um voluntary um, some some programs uh, had had their players play in mass some didn't uh, some of the ones that played in mass didn't really play in mass it just had them uh, right. around their chins but um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of this year how that sport plays out as well compared directly to football um, kind of going on at the same time um, but yeah I, there, there is no easy way to deal with it I think In terms of spectators um, and all that, the outdoor um, element of it, I think, does make things much easier. You don't necessarily have to worry as much about um, limiting people um, because you're not in a building. Um, So I think from that standpoint, uh, that makes things a little easier. And then kind of the the bigger numbers are more on the individual coaches and programs, I think.
0: So if, you know, it's obviously uh – you know, we're just talking, right? It's, it's hypotheticals, but I do think coaches are concerned. I think they're very concerned. Um, kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, but you have to prepare in the meantime. Do you get the sense that OPS could, and I like what you said earlier because I'm inclined to agree with you. I just don't think it would be one school district left hung out to dry. It would be all or none, at least you hope. Now, they, they tried that a year ago. And it didn't work at the eleventh hour. I just don't think OPS could recover from another year of them being the only ones to sit out. You have to try to. You have to try to not ha- pull that off at all costs. And
1: especially after last year, where they did make it through the season, the ones that chose to play. And um, I don't think I heard of any real serious um, situations with any student athletes. Um, as a result of the the, the pandemic in terms of kids getting really sick um, or uh, impacted uh, greatly long-term by this. So I think that with that kind of, it was kind of same thing with the big 10 where they were so cautious, but then other conferences went ahead and they were able to get through it. um, It's
0: almost like they felt like all the other kids were going to be walking down the street, attending the parade and they were going to be spectators. They're like, Oh boy. Yeah. Everybody else is participating. We better figure out a way to pull this off.
1: And I think that their, their biggest fears of going through a season didn't play out. So now maybe you feel a little bit better about as long as you're taking all your precautions, everybody's bought into doing the right things, that, okay, we can do this relatively safely, um, and it's worth trying because of what these kids have already missed out on.
0: So, uh, listen, I think the team from a uh, – so, obviously, being closely affiliated to Westside, I saw their, their COVID protocol. I, I was at the parents' meeting a year ago. I thought it was unbelievable. All biased aside, I thought how meticulous and regimented the mask, the mask breaks, how to do water, the staggering of the kids in and out of the locker room, two different areas for people to show up, the lifting and shifts. I felt like, okay, Coach Front knows he has a championship caliber team. Yeah. Senior-laden. Yeah. A lot of good players. You want to play this season out at all costs. Safe to say this year, that team is off of 370, right? (laughs) Where very senior-laden bunch, a lot of quality players. You're going to do probably, Coach Huffman will probably do what he can to have to pull this season off, even though personally, which is a lot of people, it's not just Coach Huffman, may go against your own personal beliefs but for the greater good you'll do what you have to to pull this season off I think that's Bellevue West this year
1: yeah and I think Westside as a whole obviously from Mike Lucas on down throughout the district yeah and, and very coaches you know
0: what they and, were pretty
1: pro- proactive and they were really like you said, much
0: along the lines of of yeah. of Dr. Rippey yeah. who does a fantastic job for the city of Bellevue
1: yeah so they were they were lockstep throughout that that hole they're going to do everything they can to to make things as safe as possible um it may not be convenient, but nothing about living in a pandemic is convenient. So they're going to do what they need to, and um, I think Bellevue West probably is thinking a lot of the same way, especially after seeing right a
0: Camise, a, a, a Helms, a, a Riley Ducker. I mean, you want those guys—that's just to name a few—to uh, be able to to pull this season off, and it's. Um, but you're, you're going to need the public's help in football. It's so interesting. Right, and it's one of the reasons why I love the sport. The practice and sweat equity is so much greater than in games. The reward isn't near as immediate or near as frequent as it is in baseball, volleyball, softball, basketball, where you may play two or three times a week, let alone in a weekend. Football's different. Like, you need everybody's help. It's the consummate team game.
1: Absolutely, and like you said, the, the sheer numbers involved in, in with a football team and multiple programs. Obviously, they try to keep them split up as much as possible, but um, there's only so much you can do with the limited um, locker rooms and facility air space and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it, it really does um, take a lot of people doing the right things to be able to pull this off.
0: So if you're the NSAA right now and you don't want to get – you, you so it's, you don't want to have it be paralysis by analysis, right? You don't want to think yourself into what-ifs where you can't move forward, but you do have to have some contingency plans. How fluid do you think what's happening in that office is? <laughs> or does last year kind of lend itself to having a little bit of a roadmap? Yeah, I think they've got the roadmap to start with, but... Where's Nate Newhouse when we need him? He should yeah. be a podcast guest. Yeah, but we've,
1: we've got to be able to adjust on the fly, and um, we don't know where we've got a what two three weeks here now before we're really for the first games here um we don't know what it's going to be like at that point we don't know what it's gonna be like in a month and a half um what what they start with may not work throughout they may not may have to adjust whether it's attendance whether um it's other precautions throughout the week leading up to games whatever the deal is they're gonna have to be ready um and i'm, I'm sure they're they're talking through all that right now but it's gonna have to be consistent um consistent communication throughout um every week every day whatever it is and the nsa uh they and everybody involved with pulling off sports once again it's going to be a challenge to pull it off this season right.
0: uh, i guess i'm always a little taken aback at by at, at how can i say this you need so many other people involved to pull off these fall sports other than the players themselves do you think we're prepared as a community to have kind of this? It truly takes a village mentality.
1: I would hope so, especially after again last year. Kind <laughs> of got that <laughs> wry smile, right?
0: It's like, well, you you hope we learned.
1: Yeah, ho- hopefully, again, that that's I think the vast majority of people in this are in it for the kids and for providing that opportunity and. This is just another part of doing that, of doing what you need to personally, uh, personal responsibility to make sure that, hey, I'm not going to be the one to mess this up. No matter who who you're around, who you interact with, whatever your, your job is on that given day, um, be smart, take whatever precautions necessary. Make sure that you're not the person that messes this up for this entire team.
0: Let's stay right here in uh, in the Metro with Benson and Brian in Omaha South, Central, Burke, North, uh, and Omaha Northwest, right, all returning to play. Obviously, you have a few usual suspects. Omaha North, Omaha Burke, typically very good in terms of Metro schools. Central, I liked what I saw at at the locker room camp, especially along the offensive and defensive lines. Is there a school or schools, just off the cuff, because we won't get into real personnel until the next couple of weeks in particular. Um, outside of the obvious, you know, Keyshawn Williams or Deshaun Woods or, you know, Devin Jackson, guys like that. But is there a team that you think is in the discussion of the Bellevue West, the Lincoln Southeast, the Millard Souths? There's some good ones out there. Is there a team that you kind of have your eye on or two or three?
1: I I think Burke's probably maybe the most interesting just based on where they were when they left off. and And – for all these teams, it's going to be interesting to see one, what they've lost in the year off, like how, how tough is it going to be to dive back in? And then two, a lot of these schools did lose players to other schools. Mm-hmm. Ricky Lofton right now is over. It was going to play at Burke is over at uh, council <laughs> of Bluffs. And, uh, <laughs> is doing really well for himself right now. I'm sure they'd love to have him, but a lot of them were probably seniors last year, but I don't know how many juniors or, or underclassmen left because they wanted to play last year and didn't come back. So it'll be interesting to see just kind of top to bottom where these programs are coming off the year off and how many of them. Uh, like you mentioned, we, we, we know the stars that um, those guys were fine. They're going to be all right. Um, they kind of stayed put. Um, but where are kind of the depth? Where are the guys around them? What, do, what does the program look like now, uh, missing so much time?
0: Yeah, if I take the 30,000-foot view, I think the thing that's the most surprising about the Metro right now is where has all the skill gone? Yeah, Right, it Is it is – a lot of other places right I listen'm I'm, I'm speaking to it there's a couple of kids that I know we're going to Omaha North that are now at Omaha West Side, and, and Jamez Ross and and obviously Caleb um, you've got a couple of kids that are out at Millard South you have two that are out at Millard North I can't say that people for saw you know saw ahead of time that OPS may not play next year but when I look at them up front and I look at north tremendous up front on offensive and defensive lines Omaha Burke pretty good on the offensive and defensive lines Omaha central very good size yeah, along yeah. the offensive and defensive line is it weird to have conversations and not talk about the Metro skill per se
1: yeah and that's I mean kind of a big part of what's um defined the last couple years with Pelvis West, obviously and they're gonna they're gonna be right there again with all the guys they've got um but West Side, some, some yeah, of the— Very
0: good skill. Yeah.
1: Um, and they've got a um, cu- couple guys back, obviously. But uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of the quarterbacks that rise to the top. And I, how actually, able to,
0: I actually think that's the key. Yeah, how they're I, able I, to
1: take care. There are some good skills players still spread out around how many guys are going to be able to get them the ball?
0: Yeah. I, you know, listen, listen. if I'm at Omaha Central, I'm going to hand the ball. I'm going to figure out somebody that's upright with a pulse to hand the ball to yep. Jayden Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd, yep. right? I mean, the triple jumper track, extraordinary, very good running back.
1: Run off left tackle about 30 times a game.
0: <laughs> how many ways can I get Devin Jackson yeah. and some of these guys the ball at Burke? I, you know, Keyshawn Williams at Omaha North, who belongs in the discussion. I think it's Devin Jackson. If you're just talking Metro skill guys, I, I think it's Devin Jackson. I think it's Keyshawn Williams. Well, right. and I think Devin might
1: be the guy most I'm most interested in seeing because last year would have been his breakout year. Oh, he yeah. got the offers without being a big time part tremendous of that size, team.
0: Tremendous size, tremendous speed.
1: Special teams player, kind of rotation player. He was not yet kind of the star of that team. That was going to be last year where he stepped up and was uh, kind of the go to guy, both sides of the ball. How are they were going to use him? I'm interested to see kind of now what that looks like with him stepping into that role. Since we missed out on that last year,
0: yeah. Can you imagine? You talked about quarterback play. If if Bellevue West gets good quarterback play, yeah. and that's tough. one of the
1: biggest, I think, preseason storylines is like how, how's that looking?
0: It's going to be a tough team yeah. to play right with Daniel Kalen and and uh, their returning Luke star Johansson. with Johansson, who I don't believe is going to let that job go. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the best that they have, and and I think he's going to give them the best chance to win, especially early. Gage Stinger, probably going to have to play a fair amount of quarterback at Millard South, but have a lot of other pieces around him. But you could make the case he was one of their better skill guys as a wide receiver outside of Urban a year ago. Lincoln Southeast, if they get good quarterback play, is a very, very dangerous football team. Burke, if they get good quarterback play. Omaha North, if they get good quarterback play. Omaha West Side. If we get good quarterback play, it's amazing how huh? even at the high school level, it's still so quarterback driven.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's football, and that's <laughs> the most important.
0: Even remember at the high high school. when you used yeah. to be able to hand the ball off and have some sort of peace of mind. Yeah.
1: Well, I think coaches got a lot smarter uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Now it's a lot harder to just dominate in the trenches and run a hundred times a game. So, We've seen some of the teams that have kind of stuck with the the predominantly running game haven't. Uh, been able to kind of keep up with some of the others that are are more balanced, uh, more explosive.
0: And maybe at Millard South is probably the best case study from a year ago, right? A team that was tremendous running the football. But what what did we say? Need to find a way to make plays in the vertical passing game. Elkhorn South, tremendous on the ground, probably needed to find ways to make plays in the vertical passing game. This morning I thought of you. We were talking to Howard Griffith from... The Big Ten Network. And we talked about Coach Bielema. Brett Bielema led teams and his offensive coordinator that have ran the ball on average 63% of the time. (laughs) And we asked Howard, we said, hey, can you win a Big Ten championship? Now keep in mind what I'm getting ready to say. Can you win a Big Ten championship running the football 63% of the time? And a former fullback, former Denver Broncos star, former Illinois Hoosier or Illinois fighting a lion I gives the great big sign he said I don't think you can win a Big 10 title yeah. running the football like that it's just too hard to run the ball efficiently 60% of the time and especially And I if, and I yeah. thought for myself and I'm thinking there are a couple of teams at the metro level north was probably the last team that I saw that was good enough to do it yeah that 2014 the 2017 mm-hmm. team, too, where you could hand the ball off to a Calvin Strong mm-hmm. or a Xander Gray or a Milton Sarbaugh where you didn't have to throw the ball. Yeah. But we were elite defensively as well. Yeah. I mean, can you get away with not being able to at least make some plays in the passing game?
1: Well, even Bellevue West, as good as their running game oh, is. Oh, great example. In, with LJ Richardson, right? They, He's
0: fantastic.
1: And they fell off kind of when they lost that game. Uh, to Lincoln East. Uh, Joe struggled. Like, that's kind of the first time he'd been in that situation. Hopefully, for their sake, he was able to learn from that if he holds isn't, on to that
0: job. Isn't that interesting? They had to go to Keegan Johnson yeah. at the Wildcat spot yeah. against Kearney to give themselves the best chance to win because they couldn't make plays in the passing game yeah. with all those weapons. Yep. Yeah. And even Carney, like,
1: obviously, it's option, run downhill with your quarterback, but he made some big plays he passing did. the ball in, in their big wins. So... You've got to have that element because it's just so hard because most of the time you're going to play teams that can do at least a little bit of both. And if you can't, it's going to be hard to keep up and go play for play with them unless you absolutely have a dominant defense. Um, and I think there, there's going to be a lot of um, teams that have some really good defensive players. Is there anybody that can win their games solely on their defense this year?
0: So it, it, let, let me ask you this. We've only got a couple minutes left. So there's two teams in particular that I think people think are built to give who I think will be the preseason favorite Bellevue West to run. Lincoln Southeast, very good along the interior. They have good skill with Applegate. They need quarterback play. The other is Millard South. I may even throw in Prep, but I'll tell you after we play them in the opener because (laughs) – something's got to give there because they're good up front on the offensive and defensive lines. Is there a team in the aforementioned where you think if you could pencil them in as getting good quarterback play is is a challenger mm-hmm. to the perception of the Bevy West T-Birds?
1: Yeah. So, oof. I, I think
0: maybe Southeast, I might go. That's just what I
1: would go with. When You've got the blend of, you've got a Jake Applegate two-way impact player, just one of the most athletic players that you're going to find in, in Class A this year. You've got uh, Butenbach. Uh, Fantastic Akenbach, player. Obviously, uh, multi-sport kid, um, plays both sides of the ball, um, kind of primary running back there, is a good athlete. Um, you've got uh, Tuyoti, um, who's coming on as a pass rusher, can uh, can make plays behind the line in the scrimmage. Uh you've got a handful of guys there. Question is, they gotta find a, a new quarterback there. And um they had Schneider last year, I don't even know who their backup
0: is. Can they, you ima- can you imagine if Walter from Lincoln East, who I who I love, oh, yeah. his brother was fantastic too. Can you imagine if a guy like Walter was like, you know what, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna enter the transfer the high school transfer <laughs> portal and <laughs> all this because he may be the best kept secret as far as pure spinners. Yeah. Would you agree with me on that? I, I think he's sensational. Yeah, at, from Lincoln East. Yeah, we
1: talked about him a few times last year, and he is not afraid to let it rip. Oh. Like <laughs> he'll take any shot down the field. So you've got to be on your toes against him as a defense. Uh, so yeah, that, that, is that, Millard that, South yeah. the
0: next in that tier? I think so. Um, they
1: they do obviously have some good skill back outside of um, Yeah, with
0: Gasway yeah. and Rucker, and yeah. Yeah, those guys are going to be a handful. Yeah, they
1: got some athletes, but again, how how is that dynamic gonna work out with stanger um quarterback versus taking him out out from the outside obviously he's going to be playing defense I'm sure too both ways so um it'll be interesting to see kind of how he sett- settles into that role fortunately for them they did experiment with that kind of towards the second half of last year so yeah. there he, he's got some experience there he's got some comfort there um but yeah I, th- I think Westside, I think, uh, obviously belongs in that mix as well. Um, okay. <laughs> I think but they've got a lot coming back, obviously, with uh, do. Dominic Rizak um, and Colby Brown. He got to play quite a bit last and year as a backup he's, quarterback. He, because
0: he's, a, he's a talented kid
1: because of uh, ha- how many games they had in control. That's the benefit of <laughs> winning games big is you can get your backup, your younger guys in there and get some experience. So he's, they've got him kind of stepping in there.
0: He's a very talented kid. I like. I obviously like Wimmer. Yeah, uh, I like Grant Guyette. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I obviously think my kiddo is a pretty good player. Um, they they they've got a chance for them. It will be what happens along the offensive yeah. line because um, they've got some options. JaMans yeah. Ross is gonna. I tell you what, for a team that I think will be preseason top five, maybe six, there is they're scary young. They may not play it. I say they. We not may not play a ton of seniors. It is a young football team. They've got a really, really high ceiling with their freshman and sophomore classes. I kind of feel a lot like that with Millard South as well. And
1: hopefully we'll get enough games in the season for teams to make the, the growth that they hey, need. Hey, from season. your
0: lips to God's ears. I, I, I don't even want to sound like that, yeah. but I feel like, you know people, I know, shoot, we're in the Metro. Yeah. It's a little ominous right now, right? You kind of feel like there's this this football yeah. cloud. I'm just telling you, coaches, uh, administration, if we want to pull this season off, we're going to have to rally and we're going to have to do it in a big way. It's going to take everybody's help. Because, I, right, I mean, the numbers just aren't in our favor. And I think the detractors are pointing out that a year ago, you took a lot more precautions with the numbers not near where they are at the start of today, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
1: That's, that's, that's all I can say at this point. I, I'd like to be able to watch some good football this year, um, and I'd like for those kids to be able to go out and do what they love.
0: Yep. We'll get in a little more in-depth. We'll talk top players from the 2022-23 classes coming up next week. A little bit of foreshadowing with what we see in the rankings. Top it off. Hopefully there's gonna be a season to continue to talk about. We're optimistic, yeah. man. We're we're gonna speak it into existence. Let's be better. Let's find a way to pull this off. That's Jacob Padilla, one of the best in the business. I'm old D B. This is Nebraska Preps post game. Back next week. A Huda Media Production.